This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. My name is Glenn Beck, and uh, Dana Lash is joining us. He is the author of the new book, Flyover Nation. Uh, <clears throat> how you doing, Dana? Oh, hey. I don't have any Dana, are you? So oh, I'm, I'm just flying oh, that's right now. Hey, Glenn. Well, it's going to be a real hard time to... <laughs> It's going to be very difficult to do an interview with you if you don't have an ear monitor. I'm just going to pretend that I hear him and that he's saying awesome things. And okay, we'll just, we'll just convert. Dallas. He just said he didn't like the book, and uh, it's trash. Well, I I'm really sad now. I'm really sad, and I'm going to, I'm going to go Prince. I'm going to go King Tom and myself now as a result of that. Can we, can uh, we get her go. an ear monitor? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they are uh, working on something it, uh, that she can listen to. Uh, yeah, we're working on that. Strange, as but let's give it a shot. Um, when I was out at uh, Politicon <clears throat> this weekend, I Dana wouldn't put was that in your ear though because uh, I can hold it. Jeffy has just, just given her what was just in his ear. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, like I would just hold it near time. your ear. Don't let it touch any portion. There's a lot of wax on it. So uh, yeah. Hey, Jeffy. Okay. So, so Dana, um, yeah. we, we were at Politicon this weekend. <laughs> uh, first of all, your book was outsold everything uh, two to one. Uh, at Politicon, so congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, I was just happy it beat Barbara Boxers. <laughs> that was well, good. That was, I like that. That's not really a feat on that one, but uh, <laughs> um, so tell me about uh, what were your, your experience was. What did you learn from Politicon with all of the liberals there? Well, I learned. Um, I I didn't know you were going to ask me a question like that, so I'm wholly unprepared for it. I, I learned that there are some of them who are nice, and then there are a lot of people who don't know anything about firearm law, and they think that Good I drive time. a combine because I'm from Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of it. Well, you actually I mean, it do, was, but... It, well, I know. I mean, I do. There, I had to have my, my parking spot here at, in Dallas widened mm-hmm. to accommodate it. But, no, I mean, it was... I don't... I think I learned that it's going to be a lot harder to find common ground than we ever thought possible. People are just really devoted to to their ideals, which is, you know, it's great. It's good. And it's also bad. But I think, you know, when we had the abortion panel, which ultimately ended up being a pro-life panel because there was nobody who was pro-abortion who wanted to be on this panel and have a conversation. Not even not even when when Wendy Davis wouldn't even do it. Nobody. No, but I did see her in the hallway after after it. I did see her in the hallway. I don't think she likes me. Um because she just kind of gave me like a look, and that was about it. But on the on the uh, on the pro life panel, the questions even from people who disagreed, they were really respectful. Uh, they were really courteous. Uh, on the tons of guns panel, I think the only thing that really kind of sparked like the weeping and gnashing of teeth was when John Ratzenberger, who was Cliff Clavin on Cheers, and he does like the whole, he does all the voices for Cars, and all everybody knows who who John Ratzenberger is. He had said. Well, not all Muslims are terrorists, but all terrorists are Muslims. And then there were about three or four Muslim men who were in the audience who did not like that he said that. And then it stopped being a conversation about guns and it was about yelling in Islam. Um, but other than that, you know, it was we had a lot of really good conversation and it was interesting. What, it, it was it was I've, it was kind of like Netroots. I was at Netroots once. It was a little bit like Netroots, but I think it was more respectful. Yeah, I found it. I found it generally 
to be uh, respectful. And I actually found that um, there is room, not with everybody, but there is room. Now, you were on a gun panel and an abortion panel, so... You know, you know, the big topics in any LA. More, yeah, could it get any? Could it get any more? I've dug my position in, and I'm never moving than those right. two topics. So maybe that's why I came out with a, a different impression than 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 you did. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, yesterday, the, the, folks, the, the folks who put it ahead. on were really gracious too. I have to say as well. So yesterday. Um, you were kind of outspoken on uh, Hillary Clinton and uh, and Elizabeth Warren saying that saying something that I think is absolutely true, that they're members of the Golden Girls Club now. Yes. And uh, and nobody uh, and the, the left doesn't want to. Uh, well, I don't think they're that old. Yes, they are. Yes, yeah, they, they are. are. They are. They're completely yeah. that old. I used to watch that every Friday night with my mom. I loved that show there. I follow a Golden Girls Twitter account for crying out loud. I've seen every episode. I know all of the characters. I'm pretty sure that Hillary Clinton is Dorothy's Bornack. Bill Clinton is Blanche Devereaux. I'm not quite sure yet who Elizabeth Warren is. <laughs> but they are. They're the B. Golden Arthur. Girls who just need cheesecake. Yeah. Uh, um, well, see, here's the, here's the problem that I have. Not that they're not old enough, um, that they're not nicer or likable enough. Yeah. Yeah, Dorothy, I think, I was mean, perhaps the least likable of them. So that's why I'm like, oh, she's totally Hillary. Like Dorothy was the pantsuit lady. That's completely Hillary. Oh, that's I'm, that's uh, B. I, Arthur. And by the way, I'm I'm on the uh, and this is the sort of research I do for this program. I'm on the Golden Valuable. Girls uh, Wikipedia page as we speak. And uh, Betty White in season one, it is stated that she is 55 on the show. In season Ooh. one, way so they're so way they older right. than the Golden they're Girls. Not, yeah, they're not <laughs> in the same. They're not the wow. same age. They're older. Yeah, they're older. Wow. I mean, well, I mean, it's. Why would anyone say that? Hold on just that? a second. Yeah. Good God. I just realized I'm 52. I am three <laughs> years away from being what Betty White was when it was the Golden Girls. God, help me. I'm old, I'm fat, and it's not going to get any better than this. Eh, not Thank you helpful. for being a friend, Glenn. Oh, Went down the road and gosh. back again. Hard is oh. true. You're a pal and a confidant. Okay, all right. <laughs> I just want you to know, at some point, you're going to find yourself in my position, and you're going to go, good God. You know what? I can't wait until I'm old, because when I get old, I'm just going to be crazy. And then people will excuse it and be like, you know, it's because she's old. That's why. <laughs> just say whatever I want. See, I started it. that maybe too young. I started that at about 30. <laughs> and uh, so it doesn't work out well for you and and depending on who wins the presidency you could be institutionalized for that just so they could take your guns and they'll never you'll never see that you'll never see anything ever yeah that's a really good point noted yeah it's not going to work out not going to work out real well for you so uh tell me how the book is going it's going really well uh flyover nation you can't run a country you've never been to it's uh i i was actually really shocked i was on msnbc with chris matthews last night and the last time i was on his program he got mad and yelled at me and they turned my mic off uh, but this time, he actually seemed as though, well, he told me that he was glad that that I wrote the book and that it was something that was that needed to be written about. And uh, we had we had a good discussion that sort of centered around it, just getting into how we're we are in this point politically, how we're in this point culturally. It gets into the issues of faith and it gets it looks in, at simple things like, for instance, Walmart, like, you know, people in New York don't comprehend Walmart. People in Los Angeles don't comprehend Walmart. And in the book, I mentioned 
I, you know, I grew up with Walmart. It's where you can go and get your eyes checked and you can get your tires rotated and you can buy a gun and a pound of hamburger and a six or a toilet paper and, and a six foot tall lawn Santa. And if you're lucky enough to have a super Walmart, you can get chicken nuggets full of, you know, total GMO goodness for the kids. So, I mean, that's kind of how we looked at, at Walmart and it provides jobs and all kinds of stuff. So it's like a number of different issues how how flyover looks at them and how the coastals look at them. And it also gets into a little bit of common ground. There is some common ground to be had, and it discusses that as well. But it's really personal because it's completely through my perspective of growing up in the Ozarks. Do you think that we can heal this um, divide? Do you think there's turning this around, or do you think it just gets worse from here? I'm not... I don't know yet. I've been, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm not quite sure... We can bridge. I think there are certain people who don't want there to be, who don't want that divide bridge. I think that there are some people that they, that's their cottage industry, for the lack of a better way to put it. They make money off of division. And so long as that division exists, these people are rolling in the green. So the grievance industry, they lose, they lose their paychecks if this division goes away. And so for some people, they, they make money off of discord. And, you know, depending on how much influence we give those people culturally, I'm not sure that that's that's ever going to go away. People have got to get to a point where they're willing to not just be heard, but to listen to the other side and just get to a point where their hearts can be softened a little bit. I don't know if we're there yet. I talked to um, uh, talked to some people um, uh, over the last few days here in Los Angeles, and I think there is a a real um, desire, not by all, but a real desire to stop the arguing. But somebody asked me, Um, yesterday, you know, I don't understand why the people in the center of the country are freaking out, uh, you know, and they feel so disenfranchised. I mean, this Brexit thing and, and Donald Trump, it's the same thing. And I don't get what everybody's freaking out about. And I said, do you remember when George Bush was in office and all of the people on the left were saying that Dick Cheney was a fascist and that, uh, the Patriot Act was one of the most evil things of all time. I said, now you guys are pushing for the suspension or the limiting of scope of the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh amendment. And you don't think that's going to disenfranchise people? You don't think that giving all the money to the banks is disfranchising people? Of course it is. And and those are both examples of George Bush started it. Right. You just took it further. And now all of a sudden, I don't understand how you are not upset because these are the things you were upset about under George W. Bush. Now, we, the the right, is split in half because half of the Republicans are back to, oh, well, it doesn't matter because it's Donald Trump. And they think that he can win. So they've gone back to where you are now. Well, it doesn't matter because it's my guy. The secret is, can there be enough of us that will stand for the principles that we both unite on? There's, there shouldn't be any spying on people there. You know, you, you shouldn't use the government as a weapon. The right. Patriot Act is is not a good idea. I mean, there's lots that we can agree on, but they don't understand it. And I said, you will if Donald Trump gets in. Oh, you will. You will understand uh, uh, fear because that guy, if he is who he's currently saying he is, which I don't believe he is, but if he if he is that guy, he will be a nightmare to the left. And, and, and is that what we want to just keep going back and forth, abusing one another and abusing the Constitution? It, it does kind of feel that this election cycle 
it's it's about vengeance, doesn't it? It feels like it's more, I it's more about revenge than maybe pushing the country forward. That pendulum has swung back. And why does the pendulum always have to swing? I was talking with Gavin McGinnis about this the other day, and I thought he made a good point on that. Like, you know, it just it always, it, the thing that gets me is that I think um, in our anger, and because there are a lot of people who are on different paths than we are. When I first got started in activism, it was quite, a, it was about 10 years ago. It was when Bush was still in office because I hated the Patriot Act. I didn't like No Child Left Behind. And I got a lot of um, really critical feedback from other Republicans because I, I didn't agree on that. But I, I could see what was coming down the road. And so when I first started, oh I, my gosh, I was like full of rage, full of rage and vinegar and everything else. And then at some point on the path, I realized that there's a way to to use this without and, and make it positive and make it to where every single if, you, if you're in a fight and it's not progressing the, the, what your, your ideals forward and it's not getting you closer to your objective, it's not a fight worth having. And I, it, you know, it took me a couple of years, but I finally understood that as opposed to going out and just like swinging a fist, you know, figuratively at anything that moved. But. I think that there are certain people in this country who are on a different path than they're at a different point in the, on this path. Some of them are still at that point where they're just angry and they don't know how to change it and they don't know what exactly to do. But they know that they're angry and they know that they just need to smash the system. And it doesn't yes. matter if the guy's from New York. It doesn't matter where he, the, he's from or she's from or wherever, because Democrats are kind of going through this, too. They just they just want to smash the system. And I, 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 more so than getting behind a singular candidate, I think it's just anger and fury uh, because they, they feel kind of how I remember feeling uh, back after uh, when John McCain was running. You just kind of you feel sort of betrayed. You're, you, you understand that Democrats are going to betray you. But when you see your own party, which you really banked on and being the vehicle to get everything that you wanted into Washington, D.C., and when you realize that that that's not happening, you're just you're infuriated and you have nowhere else to turn. And I think a lot of that's people, what, that's ultimately what's driving it. I think that's why um, also that they're um, that they're not as mad as at the Democrats. Uh, the Democrats right. aren't as mad at the people in their own party because at least they've advanced the progressive agenda where we haven't progressed the conservative agenda for years we right. are in retreat. They're at least moving it forward. So they have a longer fuse on the dirt bags because at least they're not being betrayed every step of the way on everything. They know they're crooked. They know they're enriching themselves. They know they're liars, but at least their agenda is moving forward. Uh, Dana, the, the new book is Flyover Nation. It's available at bookstores everywhere or online. And Dana Lash can be seen on theblaze.com at 5 p.m. Uh, Central, 6 p.m. Eastern. Every day following my show, only on the Blaze TV. Thank you so much, Dana. I appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com.